Engaging Leader, Episode 213, Dealing with Challenging Employees When Building a Courageous Culture, featuring Karen Hurt. Brought to you by the team at Workforce Communication. Find out more at WorkforceCommunication.com. Leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. You know, some leaders look at their people, shake their heads, and say, I don't think they can get there from here. And sometimes that's true, but often the solution is creating a stronger culture where employees are encouraged and coached to contribute their best thinking, a culture that actually facilitates innovation and problem solving. And, you know, people are different, and sometimes it's more obvious how some employees can innovate and solve problems, and sometimes it's not so obvious. But altogether, those differences do add value. And as a leader, we need to figure out the best ways to leverage the strengths of all the people on our team and recognizing that they're complex human beings. Nobody's perfect. But somehow, this is a team. I mean, assuming you've got the right people on the bus, and maybe you do, maybe you don't. But if you do have the right people on the bus, how do you work with all of the quirks and challenges to have a high-performing team? Previously, we were talking to Karen Hurt about her newest book, Courageous Cultures, and we got pretty specific talking about three types of people who present a specific challenge in this area. And we're going to pick up where we left off and talk about five additional types of challenging people. Karen, let's talk more about some of the types of people that present a challenge for leaders who want to build a courageous culture. One of the ones that most caught my attention was the just tell me what to doers. Yeah. So just tell me what to doers. Uh, it's funny. This one came from a, a VP who called me and he said, oh my gosh, every person on my team is a, I call it the just damn doer syndrome. You know? and, <laughs> and he said, they're executing, but they're not thinking strategically about how to make things better. And so with, with this, you've got to understand why someone is acting this way. And it could be a couple of reasons. One is They've not been thought how, taught how to think strategically about the business. So that's a first is, is teaching them how to think critically, how to ask some critical questions uh, as they're going through the day. What, what is the customer really experiencing right now? What is the impact of this process? What is frustrating you about this process? So asking some of those courageous questions to draw out their best thinking is one way to do it. And Another is when you really, if you've got somebody who just wants to keep their head down, help them see the benefit and show them that you can, you are really committed to executing on their ideas um, and then really break it down. So don't ask them to come to you with really big general ideas, get super specific. What is one thing you think we can do today that will make this process better? Another is to have them show you how they're doing things and talk through it with you. And so there you can then, as they're showing, you can ask some strategic questions that get them tapping into other ways to do things more effectively. As we're talking, you have a poster over your 
shoulder that says trust the trenches and it just hits me that's got meaning for this very topic of the of the just tell me what to doers yeah they the people closest to your customer are the ones that know and so trusting the trenches is all about really believing that first of all that knowing that people closest to your customer have have great ideas and then trusting them enough to a be a little bit vulnerable yourself and admit that you don't have all the answers and really then make a human connection with them and connect what you're asking them to do which is bring you new ideas and to think more strategically to their why because so often you're uh, just tell me what to doers are lacking the confidence to share their ideas and so if you can help draw that out, show how much you care and connect it to their why that they care about the customer or care about the outcome, then they're more likely to bring you better ideas. Yeah, I like that one framing question you had. Just give me one idea for how this could be improved. Because I can't, I, these type of, I, I often hear myself saying, do you have any ideas for how that could have gone better? Got any ideas for improvement? And they're, you know, maybe, many times they're introverted people so they may maybe want to think about it a little bit but getting very specific just give me one idea really yeah. I'm really in, that just shows like no I'm serious I want one idea <laughs> because yes. otherwise I over time I'm going to get frustrated that we somebody knew about these problems and, and nobody said anything until it blew up in our face yeah I think there's so many ways to use the one right tell me one thing that's ticking off our customers give me one idea to improve this process Tell me one reason you think that uh, our employee engagement scores are so low. And, and then once they give you one, now, you've, now it's a gateway. Oh, that's fantastic. What's one more? And now you're in a conversation. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes that we see people make is they do. They just ask these open-ended questions. Do you have any feedback for me? And that's, that feels overwhelming to people. So how about the, uh, the just do what I sayers? Yeah, so the just do what I say is somebody who is is shutting down innovation for everyone else. They they you know they're like, look, this is the process. You should just do what I say and don't ask any questions. You know, and that if you've got somebody like that, you really need to help them understand then what that is doing to everyone else and to explain the downstream consequences of of shutting people down. When you did that, did you notice the body language of the rest of the people in the room? So the other thing is we'll, we'll, we'll encourage uh, just do uh, you, just do what I sayers uh, to go. And by the way, these happen at all levels of the business to go on what we call a curiosity tour. And so we were working with one CEO and he was a very clear, you know, I know what my vision is. I want you to execute on my vision. This is how you should do it. And that was serving him very well for a variety of reasons. But he was missing the curiosity component. And because he was just telling everybody what to do, people were afraid to speak up. So we said, how about for one week, you are going to go on a curiosity tour you can only show up curious. You're not going to tell people what to do. You are going to show up curious. So he was walking through his contact center and he overheard a representative on the phone trying to 
talk about a new program that was very, very strategic and very, very important to their business. And she was really, really struggling. And he was getting angry. He thought, oh, I'm going to go to training until this person wasn't trained. He was going to go into action, tell people what to do. But then he remembered he was supposed to be showing up curious. So he said, well, how do I show up curious now? He said, he asked the representative, do you mind if I take over the call? He introduced himself to the customer and said, hi, I'm the CEO here. It looks to me like my rep is having some trouble uh, explaining and answering some of your questions. What can I do to help? And he said that what he heard on the other end of that phone was the customer was asking all of these big questions that he had definitely not completely thought through or prepared his team to answer. And so by that, he knew that they had more work to do on the program. They had more work to do on the training program. And so by showing up curious, instead of telling people what to do, he had a much bigger strategic impact uh, for his organization. So there's a, a close relationship between the let, just do what I say to the let me do things my way or just let me do my thing. Yeah. How, are yeah. The, how is that similar but different? So uh, just let me do my thingers are uh, people who just want to be left alone. They have figured out a way to do things. It works for them and they don't really care about the bigger uh, aspects of the business. And for somebody like that, you really need to say here, you know, our, our favorite definition of culture is a uh, Seth Godin's people like us do things like this. And if you're trying to build a culture where you, it's courageous and everyone is speak, speaking up and the default is to contribute, you need to tell a person who says, just let me do my thingers. Hey, the way we do things around here is we are constantly looking for ways to improve. A core element of your job is, go I expect you bring to be bringing forward better ideas of how to make things better. So I can't just let you uh, be on your own doing your things. You have an obligation to contribute in a bigger way. But if you're doing that, you need to be consistent with that, right? Because uh, a lot of times what people will do is they'll, if you've got a, just let me do my thingers, who is a, you know, a really, really high performer and maybe is even a bully letting people, you know, just, they just get away with doing anything and they're not a team player. But then you have others that are struggling who say, just let me do my thing and you don't let them go. You've got, to, you've got a challenge here. So you've got to be consistent. If you're serious about building a courageous culture, you need to constantly be reinforcing the expectation is to contribute. These are the behaviors that I'm expecting. If there is a process that is broken, I need to know about it. Yeah, that's good. That's, it's, I just wanted to pause a little bit and, and go back to one of the key messages of the book, though, is that all these diverse types of talent are important on the team. I mean, it's easy to get frustrated because uh, the some of these sort of attitudes uh, and personality types. But of course, there's two sides of the coin. There was, there was, there's something about a, uh, just let me do things, let me do my thing that you've liked about that person for a long time that, you know, they, they get her done, right? So, <laughs> and uh, yeah. But, so, yeah, how can you cultivate some of these personality types to be to, to and that's, that's the idea, right? People are different and different is good. And you want to tap into, if you need to get something done fast, you want to, you, you're not all the time. I mean, this is not saying that every minute, all we're talking about is <laughs> to be innovative, right? What we're talking about is 
How do you create clarity of strategic direction of where you're going, clarity of where you need to improve the business, then have the curiosity that you're now pulling out the best thinking of these different people with different approaches and different personalities to get their best ideas around that. And then once you've got those ideas, be clear again about how you're going to execute and respond to those ideas and integrate those into the work that you're doing going forward. Yeah, and so the book has models to help us do that. To so we're we're kind of drilling down into some specific tips for these specific personalities, but the book has an overall broader um, model structure to follow. So uh, I think folks don't have to feel so hopeless. But it. <laughs> yeah, no, we walk you through a very deliberate roadmap uh, by, you know, starting by navigating your own narrative around this. Are you speaking up? Are you role modeling that all the way through to how are you creating clarity? How are you showing up curious? How are you responding with regard? And then how do you galvanize the genius so that you build an infrastructure for courage along the way? Yeah, that's fantastic. So there's there's two types we probably have time to talk about these two types that are both silent, two, two different types of silent people, the silent wounded and silent ponderers. How, what's the difference between those? So the silent wounded, and sadly, we had so many examples of this in our research in, in pretty uh, dramatic ways of experiences where someone has spoken up in the past and has gotten in trouble or they worked for a toxic boss who said, I don't want your ideas, just do what I say. They work for a just do what I say or And you know, our, our research and our work uh, with Dr. Amy Edmondson, who wrote our foreword, we were so impressed with her work and the fearless organization uh, that we invited her to collaborate with us by writing the foreword. And she talks a lot about how when people are, um, if you have one negative experience, that your psychology says that you will be much more likely to remember that negative experience and it will overshadow all the other great experiences that you have. And so one of the things that we found is when we said, you know, well, the last time I spoke up, uh, I got shut down. We asked a question, well, how long ago was that? And sometimes it was years and years ago, and maybe even in different organization. So the silent wounded, it's all about creating the site, what Amy calls psychological safety and uh, in- encouraging them that it really is safe and showing up consistently and prove, giving them small, w- small ways to contribute and celebrating that along the way and building consistently towards bigger ways for them to contribute. But they have to know that it's safe. And that, that's going to involve them testing it and not, not just you saying, hey, it's safe. You've got to consistently show how safe it is. And then the silent ponderous are very different. Those are somebody who are maybe a more introverted person who is probably getting overwhelmed by the idea of Grenadier in the meeting. <laughs> They've got ideas, but, they're, uh, but by the time they have formulated their idea, uh, they, somebody, the meeting has already moved along. And so in a circumstance like that, that's where you really want uh, to create ways for people to contribute and think through their ideas in advance. So that could look like sending a, a, a meeting invite out and say, I'm going to be asking for specific feedback on these three questions. And this is what we're going to talk about in the meeting. I'd like everyone to 
think through those ideas and we're going to go around and everyone is going to contribute one idea in the meeting. Because if somebody is a silent ponderous, you don't want to blindside them. Uh, so giving them time to think. You can even do it real time in a meeting. And this is one of the things we've been teaching in our life when we're teaching people about how to do lead virtual teams as well, is you can say, okay, all right, we're, we're having this discussion. Now, Laura, because you've noticed that Laura hasn't contributed. Laura, I'm going to come to you next after we finish this discussion and ask you your thoughts on this. So now Laura, the introvert, has had time to process and get her thoughts together because often the silent ponderous, uh, and David, my husband and co-author, is often one of these. So is one that um, really has brilliant ideas, but they just need to be able to, and they've thought through them in such level of detail that uh, they don't wanna just uh, spurt something out there because they wanna make sure that it's completely thought through. Yeah, and completely understood. It's It can be frustrating to somebody like that to have, you grab onto the first thing they say and no, that's not gonna work because of X and yeah. <laughs> nobody would like that. Well, the book again is Courageous Cultures and folks can get their hands on that wherever books are sold, I imagine, but also at the website, CourageousCulturesBook.com. Karen Hurt, it's been such a pleasure. Thanks for coming back to us on Engaging Leader Podcast. Uh, thanks so much for having me. All right, Engagers, that wraps up part two of this conversation with Karen Hurt about her book, Courageous Cultures. If you didn't catch it in the previous episode, uh, be sure you check out the show notes where we will put links to her book as well as the Idea Inspiration Summit and a free executive strategy guide and a link to her Idea Incubator Guide. We'll also provide her social media info for Twitter and Facebook and her website, of course, and links to her other books and the other episodes when she's been on Engaging Leader, which would be episode 54 and 135. This is a production of Workforce Communication. We're a team of consultants and creatives using the power of communication to help organizations enhance the well-being and performance of their people. My colleagues and I partner with mid-sides and large employers to attract top talent, fully engage employees, and achieve superior business results. In several areas, including employer branding, talent management, wellness, benefits and compensation, business transformation, and more. Find us at WorkforceCommunication.com. Our thanks to Betsy Leahy, our production assistant, Jamie Barnes, Tom Hitchcock, and Jenny Kalenda from our social media team, JJ Leahy from our video and graphic design team, and Rick Tarrant, our announcer. Until next time, remember, in the 21st century, the real movers and shakers aren't just leaders, they're engagers.